0: Well, congratulations. You made it all the way to week five. Now, this is a great time for your group to discuss what's next. If your group's been meeting for a while, share what curriculum yet you've chosen for what's next. If you're still not sure of a study that would be good for your group, I've got some ideas, and I'd love to help you find a study that would be good for your group. Whether your group plans to continue or not, I would encourage you to get together one more time and celebrate. Throw a party, bring some food, and have dinner together. Now, today's lesson is called He's Coming Back. Jesus is coming back. We don't know when, but we know He is. 1 Thessalonians 5 tells us, Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. There are many theories, but no one knows for sure. If you've ever studied the end times or eschatology, You'll learn very quickly that there are a lot of different viewpoints. Some debate whether Jesus will return before, during, or after the great tribulation that is described in the book of Revelation. Now, many believe the tribulation will be a seven-year period of cataclysmic events at the end of the age. Some believe Jesus will come before the tribulation. This is called pre- the pre-tribulational view. It has a biblical basis, and if you read what people have written, it makes a lot of sense. Others hold to a mid-tribulational view, that Jesus would come back right in the middle of the tribulation. It has a biblical basis, and it makes sense. The third view is called the post-tribulational view. You guessed it. This view said that Jesus would come at the end of the tribulation. It has a biblical basis, and again, it makes sense. Over the years, I've heard some people claim to be pan-tribulational, saying they just trust that it'll all pan out in the end. Now, I guess that could be funny, but personally, I find that to be a bit annoying and a bit lazy. The Bible is clear regarding the return of Christ. What is not so clear is the sequence of events and when various things will occur. There's a verse in the Old Testament that helps me in instances like this. Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, it says the secret things belong to the Lord our God but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law there are some things that God keeps secret and when Christ will return is one of them but there is much that God has revealed to us and those things are for us and for us to give to our children it's clear that salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, if you're expecting me to tell you who the Antichrist is and when Jesus is returning, I'm sorry to disappoint you. But that's not the focus of our lesson today. In fact, when Jesus was preparing to leave this earth, his disciples asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus quickly turned the conversation from eschatology to to evangelism by replying it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth so what do we know for sure we know that Jesus is coming back maybe when we least expect it just like the pop quiz in school that keeps us on our toes. The reality is is that Christ can come for us at any time. We could go home to heaven after an illness or an accident, or when Jesus comes to take his church home. We don't know. But but right now, we have today. What are you going to do with today? The second thing is, when you get to heaven, you'll have a different body. A different body than you have now. 1 Corinthians 15.51 says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. I think this would be a great verse to have posted on our church nursery. We we, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. You get it? Babies changed. I know, it's a bad joke. Well, in verse 54, Paul writes, For perishable must clothe itself with imperishable. Now, when you think of things that are perishable, you think of something that won't last, something that's going to rot, something that's going to spoil. Maybe when you go to the grocery store, you've got things like carrots or celery that would that would that you would put in a separate bag because you know that you need to unpack those first and put them in the refrigerator. Now, you're also going to have other items, probably in other bags, and these would be non-perishable things like breakfast cereal or soda or canned goods or some kind of uh, thing that doesn't perish. The The Bible says... The Bible says here that in our current form, human beings are perishable, that no amount of preservatives, plastic surgery, or pickle juice will make us uh, keep any longer, that we have a very definite and very short time on this earth compared to eternity. From this life to the next, we become imperishable. Now that's even better than non-perishable. Imperishable means not subject to decay and enduring forever. We've learned about Jesus in his spiritual body, that after his resurrection, that that he could just appear out of nowhere, and that he could also eat food. The Bible tells us that in heaven, God will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain, that all things are gone forever. No aging, no pain, no Botox. The youth that many have tried so carefully to preserve will be ours forever. Most importantly, we will be completely connected to God. Nothing will be in the way. One pastor, he tells a story of a conversation he had with his son on the way to school. The son asked, when I go to heaven, how will all my stuff get there? The father told his son, well, your stuff doesn't go to heaven because God has much better stuff for us there. You see, God will never take anything away from us without replacing it with something far superior. What he's going to do to transform our bodies is just a start. For for a more in-depth look at heaven, I, I recommend a book by Randy Alcorn called Heaven. Now, there are two things that you won't be able to do in heaven. The first is sin, and the second is reaching out to others. Now, which one do you think God wants us to do more of right now? I don't think it's the sinning. So how can you show God's love to those who are around you? jesus could come back at any time for any one of us individually or for everyone who believes in him who do you need to reach out to maybe invite them to church maybe tell them your story maybe ask them what do they believe about god so that you can have an opportunity to tell you tell them what you believe about the gospel y'all have a great lesson